Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Argyle Chat. Joining me to reflect on the first few weeks of pre-season are Chris Errington and Jack Ball. Hiya guys. Hi Hello. Steve. Feeling refreshed, Chris? After yep. a little break? Back from a break, yes. I went to somewhere hot and sunny, sunny and unbelievably it was Plymouth. Parkway. Well, <laughs> well I went Parkway as well, but I'll tell you what, it's been a, been a beautiful few weeks. Yeah, here. you uh, picked a good time to be off. I, I've, I've had a, a few nice trips out and yeah, I did go to to see the games at Truro and Plymouth Parkway, so plenty to talk about from those. And um, joining me at both games was... Uh, Mr. Ball here. Mr. Ball here. As a fan as well, which yeah. I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite liking. Again, I can shout abuse. No, I'm joking. I don't know. <laughs> no, no it's, it's good to go as a fan again and still keep my, keep my eyes and ears to the ground and help you any way I can. But yeah, it's been nice to get back, certainly for me anyway, to go watch the games and see the Ryan Lowe era take, take shape. Yeah, well, what what have you guys made of? Uh, obviously, we're very early in the Ryan Lowe era, but two weeks into pre season, how do you think Ryan Lowe will be feeling about how things have gone? Um, well, as he said after the Parkway game on Saturday, results and performances are irrelevant at this stage of pre season, and I, I would agree with him. Um, I don't think you can read too much into to anything. They are fitness exercises. I suppose. How would he feel about things? Uh, I think he will know now if he hadn't realised already that the, the Green Army are a very passionate fan base. For there to be an official attendance of eighteen hundred at Truro, and then nearly two thousand at Parkway on Saturday, you know you're in the middle of summer. Uh, there's plenty of other things people could be doing with their time at this uh, at this stage of the year, and especially with the weather, beaches, especially yeah, with the weather. Absolutely. You know, it took for for two crowds of that size to turn up and see Argyle. Um, it definitely feels like the Ryan Lowe feel-good factor sort of effect is is in full swing. Obviously, the sort of signing of Danny May has captured people's atten- uh, attention as well. But I think he'll be pleased that uh, at the moment most of the squad seem to be you know fit. Um, you know, no real major injury concerns. I think um, possibly apart from Will Ameson, the defender from Berry, who. Uh, has got a pelvic problem, which is carried over from last season. That must be part of the 3% then, that uh, the yes. fitness coach missed yeah. out on the 97% uh, rate there. Absolutely. So Will Anderson's not going on the pre-season tour to Spain, which is later this week. And so that's a slight concern, isn't it? That you know he's, he's not going to get any you know, pre-season football under his belt until at least uh, maybe the Buckland Athletic away game next Wednesday, or maybe even the Bristol Rovers home game following Saturday but in general you know I think he'll be you know reasonably happy but uh, there's clear areas that Argyle are going to need to improve on I think you'd agree wouldn't you Jack? Yeah I mean it's early days you're quite right you can't take too much consideration about results I think after the one they'll defeat to true I think there would have been there's always going to be some fans that panic at that stage but how many times have we seen Argyle blow teams away the likes of David Goodwillie Jimmy Spencer scoring goals for fun 
for example, in pre-season, then couldn't hit a barn door of a bazooka when, as soon as the uh, League 1, League 2, whatever it is, uh, game starts. So, yeah, you can't read too much into it. What I have enjoyed is the good crowds has, has been good. There's a feel-good factor around the place we've spoken on the podcast about you almost forget that Argyle have been relegated into League 2. It feels like... It feels a bit like they've won promotion almost. It feels it honestly just feels like such a good 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 situation at the moment, and then with with some of the players that he's brought in, I think that's excited fans, and a big part for me, I think it's quite exciting. And I know it's only two preseason games, but to see some youngsters being embedded in, mm. spoken about quite quite highly, like, like Randall and Lolos, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah. Um, just everything at the moment is ticking along quite nicely and of course there's no pressure at the moment so that's easy to do but so far so good and uh, yeah I've enjoyed seeing them back on the pitch have, have you noticed a noticeable change in the way Argyle have played? more so I think from the from Parkway to True I think True it all looked a bit disjointed I, I think you could almost tell that things things were, were, were quite new I think against Parkway you could almost see that he had done some work on the shape I think I noticed the wing backs were a bit better on um on, on Saturday I keep getting my days confused now I was getting back into the rhythm of Tuesday Saturdays um, but you can certainly see the way he wants to play I think um, Jordan Holmes you could tell he had been given direction to get the ball out quickly and he, at, what, at one point I think very early on in the first half he was almost playing like a centre-back slash defensive midfielder I don't know what to make of that I've not seen that at Argyle too many times before but definitely you can see the shape um, and I think that will continue to develop as, as the games go on with talking tomorrow and then obviously the, the, the Spain, uh, Spain camp Ryan, Ryan Lowe made the point after the Truro game that Argyle really hadn't done much 11 against 11 sort mm. of shape and working on things too much and you could definitely see an improvement in the, the shape of the team uh, when they played partway with perhaps you know a couple more training sessions under their belt most obvious change and, and you know uh, tactical formation that stands out is that they're playing with wing backs the three centre central defenders the two wing backs a holding midfield player your two number 10s and then your two strikers. It's very different from watching Argyle under Derek Adams. You know, it, it really is, you know, you, you could, it's almost about as opposite as you could get. You know, Argyle were pretty much 4-2-3-1 under Derek Adams and now it looks as though it's going to be your three centre-backs. And um, so that's quite noticeable. And clearly that will take time for the, the new players and the players that were here before to sort of get used to playing in that system. But I think Ryan Lowe, from, again, from what he's saying, is he's committed to, playing 3-5-2 and then he might tweak it during games mm. depending on how teams set up against Argyle to try and counteract that but uh, it's very much I think we can that's the way we can expect to see Argyle play the two wing backs pushing forward as much as possible I think Joe Riley's looked quite good in the two games uh, in the right uh, wing back role for Argyle so you know you don't want to draw too many conclusions from, from pre-season games in, in early July against Truro and Parkway but you know there's been good and good and bad bits from, from both games I think it's going to be an exciting way to play football you know I, I think we can't argue that Derek Adams had success in League 2 with his formation you know they, they got promoted and the year after that they just missed out on the League 1 playoff so there's certain, certain, certainly success with that formation the good thing about this formation is there are people in the box when these crosses are coming in. I think too many times last season, it would be Ladapo or, or no one in the box and crosses would come in and they would just easily be battered away. Whereas I think in these early games, and hopefully it will continue, which is why Barry scored so many goals last season, is if there's more people in the box, hopefully you'll get more goals. And, mm. and that's certainly exciting for, from a fan's perspective. Although I was sitting there towards the end of the first half against Parkway thinking, well, we've spent all summer talking about this exciting brand of football Ryan Lai is going to bring to Argyle. And it was nil-nil against Parkway yeah. in the 43rd minute. And you thought, well, we've played nearly a game and a half and we haven't even scored a goal yet. <laughs> and then the first goal under 
in the Ryan Lowe era was a penalty. Um, so, you know... There's no doubt the second half was better than the first, it, it, Absolutely. I suppose what I'm saying is there's an awful lot of work yeah. still to be done. You know? But also, you know, he's, he's mixing his teams up at the moment, isn't he? Yeah. You're playing youngsters yeah. that aren't necessarily going to feature at certain points and mm. he's not playing his strongest squad. So it's yeah. it's all about minutes. And he's very he's very careful of what, who, what minutes he's giving people. So mm. I think you did a piece with about um, the new signing and saying yeah. how he's only played 15 minutes. He wasn't going to play him at all. Yeah, Tom Tom Telford. Yeah, yeah, because he was sort of sat on the bench all game in, against Parkway, and you wondered if he was gonna actually get a get a run out, and he did for the last fifteen minutes. But it's interesting how he said it, it was for the fans, fans to see the new signing. It's, it's just an interesting way of wording it. Yeah, Ryan Lowe said he was reluctant to to give Tom Telford a a game really because he hadn't done any pre season training up until Friday, so he'd had one training session, and uh, Ryan Lowe, I think you know if it had been a smaller crowd and whatever, might not have played him, but. Uh, with 2,000 people there, I think he felt almost as though obliged to sort of yeah. show the fans the latest signing, you know, somebody that Argyle had paid a transfer fee for, and as we've discussed on the podcast many times, um, you know, Argyle don't, haven't made a habit in the past of spending transfer fees, so Don Telford is, relatively speaking, quite a big signing for Argyle. Mm. It'd be interesting to see how he does, as you say, they haven't paid fees, I think... Yeah. Nathan Blissett or mm. the lad from Man City I think they paid a nominal fee for didn't Ashley they? Smith Brown Nathan Brown. Blissett Ryan Edwards, Edwards. Yeah. but you know they were all smaller than the 50,000-ish that have paid for mm. so Dom Telford's the biggest transfer fee signing Argyle have made for, for quite a while that being said I don't my personal view is I don't believe that there's necessarily a big what's the word there's not a lot of pressure in 50,000 no, is still a relatively small fee yeah, yeah. I don't it's not like you know sometimes people sign multi-million pound players and so there's pressure on them to hit the ground running you know? there'll be pressure on Freddie Ladapo going to Rotherham <laughs> yeah. being a 500,000 pound record signing. signing record signing there isn't on Don Telford the, it's just making a point that yeah. he's a, yeah. a transfer fee has been paid which which is unusual but um, he's he looks sharp and nippy I said to Ryan Lowe that's you know and he said those are the kind of players I like He's going to thrive on balls coming into the box, so it is crucial that Argyle get those wing backs forward and get lots of balls into the opposition penalty area. Um, like I say, he's a bit behind everyone else in terms of fitness because he's he's been at Berry. His his move from Berry has taken a bit longer than he would have liked. Ryan Lowe would have liked, but they finally got it done. So he's about what a week, ten days, two weeks behind everyone else in fitness. Um, but I asked Ryan Lowe about that and. Um, he said when we're in Spain and the rest of the lads are resting, Dom will be, will be working. So he's going to have a busy time in the uh, in the heat of southern Spain. Yeah. No point in packing his sunglasses and swimming no, shorts. I don't, think, no. I don't think he'll need the uh, the sun lounger too often by the sound of things. No. Another new signing uh, made today. We're recording the podcast on Monday afternoon. Uh, Callum McFadden signed for Argyle. Do we know much about him, Chris? Um, he seems like a very versatile player who played at left wing-back for Berry last season, can play as a defensive midfielder. Um, he's going to give Argyle solidity. Um, doesn't look like a goal scorer. I think he, in last season he played for, for Berry and he played 46 games and didn't score a goal. So um, he's not going to bring goals, but he's going to bring uh, organisation and uh, all those sort of qualities that, that will complement the attacking players that Argyle have got. Um, one of the reasons we were recording the podcast on Monday afternoon is that Stu and I were talking on Monday morning and it was pretty clear a signing was in the in the works and we didn't want to do the Argyle <laughs> Chat podcast curse again of doing the re- it's podcast. It's happened many times before. And then as soon as we were recorded it, something happened. So waiting a couple of hours paid yeah, off in the end, Stu. Absolutely. Yeah, perhaps that's a lesson that we need to uh, take on board. <laughs> um, he, as you say, though, he certainly seems very, uh, very versatile, left-back, mm-hmm. 
where do you see him fitting in? I mean, good question. I mean, versatile players in League Two are, are very valuable because you don't always have the biggest squad sometimes. Um, left footed as well. He's left footed. Uh, it's very early days. Ashley Smith Browns looks quite good at left wing back. He should, in theory, be able to be a good left wing back, shouldn't he, Jack? Uh, Ashton Smith-Brown, so I'm thinking more maybe defensive midfield, although you've got Joe Edwards, who's definitely a defensive midfield mm-hmm. player. We can talk about Adam Randall in a minute, who can play in that position. So he could be a sort of left-sided you know, player, could be a left wing-back. You know, clearly, Ryan Lowe likes him. He took him from Geisley, non-league football, to Bury this time last year on a short-term contract. By October, he'd done enough to impress to earn a contract till the end of the season, and now Ryan Lowe's brought him down. So, technically, this is like the third contract that Ryan Lowe's given Callum McFadden in about 12 months. So, he clearly rates him. Um, I, think, I think the good thing about him is it, it sort of solved two positional problems, possibly. You know, if Joe Edwards gets injured, mm-hmm. you've got someone that's got some need to experience to come in and play. You know, Adam Randall's done very well. Mm-hmm. But if you want someone with experience, if Joe yeah. Edwards touch, but he doesn't, but if he does get injured, you've got mm-hmm. someone. And the same with Ashley Smith-Brown. If Ashley Smith-Brown gets injured, mm-hmm. ideally, you don't want Gary Sawyer having to go on the left wing back. And I don't think that's necessarily his suited position and you've got someone that can play there as well so he could be proved to be one of the most um, sort of yeah. dependable names in the, in the team he does, look, he does look versatile he yeah. does look as though he could do a number of jobs he could be one of those players that if you had to pick your sort of first choice Argyle 11 he wouldn't get in there but he'll end up playing 30-40 games oh. because of injuries suspensions and whatever a, else a yeah. bit like Jan Songo was last yeah, year you know absolutely. Jan Songo was probably never the, the first name on the team sheet but like you say Stuart he always played lots of games and I'm, I'm, I would expect to see Callum McFadzine and probably Dom Telford play a lot, a lot of games for Argyle in the season coming up. Yeah. Uh, what about the goalkeeper then? I mean, that was mm. interesting. I came in this morning, asked Jack about Parkway. He's like, oh yeah, the goalkeeper looked quite good. Yeah. I spoke to you, you weren't so sure. So, uh, differing uh, views on Jordan It's a game, of, game of opinion. It is. It? It for, is. For, for me, the two, the two things about Jordan Holmes, I think firstly, it's difficult for a goalkeeper that's playing for a team up in Argyle to impress in games against Truro and Parkway where there weren't many shots at goal you haven't had long to build a relationship with defenders it's all very early but that but on the same breath Ryan Lowe's got to make a decision you know you, you yeah. don't have the luxury of time and I was quite impressed with his delivery it was quick you know he, he, he kicked the ball out to people on the, left, on the left wing quite quickly that being said there's no reason why another goalkeeper can't do that um, and I've, there could have been someone that's much worse than Matt Macy for distribution last season. So, you know, there are keepers that can that can do that. But no, I, I was quite impressed with him. I, don't, I just don't think he's been tested overly much so far, but he's got a decision to make. That's, you know, you don't have weeks and weeks and weeks to look no. at someone. That's, that's a very fair point, And it's a very harsh environment to be yeah. in as a, as a trialist at the start of pre-season when you're playing against teams that certainly as a goalkeeper, you, you know you're probably not going to get masses of work. Um, I'm just not convinced that he is the right fit for Argyle if Michael Cooper is going to challenge for a first team spot. You know, you've got a 19 year old goalkeeper who's highly rated. I think you have him and you have somebody more experienced than Jordan Holmes, who's not played a lot of first team football. And then you've got the, the balance between experience and your up and coming prospect. And then you say to them, you two are competing. And, and Ryan Lowe has made it clear already that Michael Cooper will be competing for the first team mm. job mm. Uh, as goalkeeper. So I would like somebody of a bit more experience. Um, did Joe, Jordan Holmes did it, do anything massively wrong in the two games he's played so far? No, not really. He almost got beaten at his near post by a, a cross shot that you know 
he had to scramble across that, maybe he could have dealt with better. But it's very difficult to judge anyone in those, those games. I'm just going on the basis, I think, if you had him and Michael Cooper as your two keepers with very few first-team games of football between them, I, I wouldn't be that comfortable with that. So I, I would want somebody with a bit more football league background behind them. But... It's a game of opinions. And also, we don't know who else is out there who he's looking at. No, you know, no. Ryan Lowe may well have someone else in mind that he's only just been able to get or, or wants to take a look at. So, you know, he's... And also, he sees Jordan Holmes every day in training. That's, that's the thing. Yeah, We've only seen him in two that's or every, one and a half matches. That's the other point. We've seen Jordan Holmes for an, a, a game and a half. They would have seen him in training every day. So they've got a far better mm. um, base to make their decision on. So it'll be interesting to see. Ryan Lowe said he would be speaking to Jordan Holmes on Monday... Um, and so we'll see if Holmes is uh, in the squad uh, at Torquay on Tuesday night or not. The encouraging thing though is if he's passing the ball out quickly, that, that's obviously what Ryan Lowe wants from his goalkeeper. Yeah. And again, that's another exciting sign because there were so many times last season where you thought, come on, I can counter here. And at one point they were quite, especially away from home in these first few years of decades, they were quite good on the counter-attack. But for last reason, last season, for whatever reason, it started to become very slow and the goalkeeper used to take a very long time to get out and he used to whack it up. It's very much getting out to the defender and playing from the back. And mm. I quite like that idea because too many times last year they booted it up top and, it, and they lost, lost possession. But is that a signing <laughs> announcement? <laughs> <laughs> That's not Ryan though, is it? No, we're, 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 we're fine. Well, welcome back to the second part of the podcast. Um, guys, you mentioned Adam Randall earlier in the podcast. Let's have a little chat about him then. Um, I mean, it's something that Argyle have been criticised for is not giving youth its opportunity. Uh, in uh, certainly under Derek Adams, um, Ryan Lowe certainly feels there's enough quality in the youth ranks, and he's given a couple of youngsters their opportunity. With uh, Adam Randall, by all accounts, really coming to the fore and, and impressing people. It's an interesting one, isn't it? It's a little bit like Cameron San- Sankster a yeah. couple of years ago, where he he was sort of thrown into the to the preseason games of, out of the blue, and uh, people didn't really know too much about him. Um, so Adam Randall's come into the team first year professional he's come through the ranks I've seen quite a lot of him in the Premier League Cup Central League always thought he was a tidy player Um, but it's funny sometimes you get youngsters who actually look better when they play in the first team than they do in the in the lower levels perhaps when they play with better players yeah and it is very early days, I'm going to keep saying this, I apologise in advance. It is very early days to make judgments, <laughs> but he looks very comfortable in that first-team environment. Um, playing in the midfield role, the midfield holding role, tidy on the ball, always looking to drop that little bit deeper, pick the ball up off the central defenders, uh, move, get the ball moving to the attacking players. The emphasis is going to be on the wing-backs and the forward players, so you're going to need that link man to... To get the ball through the thirds, and and I've been really impressed with him. I think he's the fans have, have liked liked what they've seen from him. When he was substituted midway through the second half, he got quite a good ovation from the fans at the ground. And the Argyle fans are desperate to see a homemade product really make a mark. Not just play five or six games and then mm. you know disappear to wherever. They really want somebody to to make their mark. I was quite surprised how um, much praise Ryan Lowe gave Adam Randall after the game at Truro. Um, but that's the way Ryan Lowe is, I think, to a certain degree. He was very complimentary about him. 
No, he made him captain for the game, for yeah. goodness sake. We were discussing he was going to be the captain before the game, yeah. and we all went for Sarsavik, didn't we? That's Adam we Randall's thought. first game as a professional, albeit a pre-season game at Truro, and he was the captain. Now, the, the reason for, for that, apparently, and it made sense, was he'd impressed in pre-season training. Ryan Lowe thinks, yeah, I've got a player on my hands here, just to give him that extra, another little boost to make him feel part of the first-team squad. So I think he's looked, he's looked very promising, as Jack just said. We might well have Joe Edwards and Callum McFadden competing, uh, certainly to be the holding midfield player. So is Adam Randall going to get in the first team on the first day of the season at Crewe? Maybe not. But he's certainly, in what he's done in the first two games, Jack, I think he'll be in the 18 at Crewe on the first day of the season. I think there could be a fair few youngsters that are in the 18, not mm. necessarily in the first 11. And maybe Lolos, if he carries on the way he is, could be on the bench. And maybe Cooper as well, depending on who the other goalkeeper is. It's worth pointing out that Derek Adams did play youngsters in, in pre-season oh. friendly, so yeah. you know, until, until we get to league action, it's all well and good to talk the talk, but we don't know what's going to happen and Ryan Lowe will be judging that accordingly. Um, but it, it is nice, I, you know, I think you, you've been here a long time, Chris, you want to see you know, youngsters come through as well. It's beneficial for the academy, you can make money on these players. I've said quite a few times on this podcast that I think Michael Cooper should have been given more of a chance. I think Matt Macy was quite poor last season and had Cooper been given more of a chance, Argo would be no worse off and he could have had 30 games under his belt. That's just my view. People have different views. Um, but I do think that it must be exciting for one of the youngsters now, mustn't it, to be getting these sort of words and knowing that... Because I think Ryan has come out and said to one of you two, you've spoken, both spoken to him a fair, a fair amount, that if you're good enough, your age doesn't matter. Yeah. And I think that's the sort of words you need, need publicly as well, not just in a dressing room. I think if you've got a manager that will come out and say that to the media and therefore the fans, I think that's optimistic. And you suddenly, I think, want to play for them because you believe you're going to get a chance. I don't know, but possibly under Adams, people won't know about how hard I try. I'm just not going to get into the first team. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, if, if you're like an Alex Fetch or, or maybe even a Cameron Sangster, for example, you, you've sort of had that taste of first team football, but never really broken through and perhaps feel you never had real opportunities under Derek Adams. Now, these youngsters are hearing what Ryan Lowe is saying yeah. and genuinely believing that they've they've got a chance of breaking into the team. I feel with Sanctuary though, he was unfortunately broke his leg yeah. at a time when Argo had a few midfield injuries. And I do think if that hadn't happened, maybe he would have got a few more games. You've had Luke Jeffcott, who's come on from the bench last season a fair few times. So there have been the odd player, but I think what he's saying, and, and the giving him the captaincy, and, and, and also the way that he speaks about Lolos, I think that, that was so encouraging for the youngsters in a, in a time where Argo have not been good for, even before, under John Sheridan as well, they've not been good at producing youngsters. So. Uh, and the two things to bear in mind, the youngsters have got to be good enough to get in yeah, the team, yeah. and I'm not sure there's been masses of really talented youngsters coming through the ranks. Um, so, you know, I, I think it would be unfair to say that Derek Adams didn't pick youngsters, because I'm sure if they'd been good enough, he would have, he would have picked them for, for the team. Um, and, you know, Sangster did have a broken ankle, and I think he is definitely somebody that could, could get the chance. There's definitely the three young players in the first two pre-season games that have stood out, are Randall, Clardy Lollis, the striker, and the centre-back, Mike Peck. Mm. Um, Clardy Lollis is an interesting one. Um, I had a chance to speak to him uh, last season when we did the Argyle Future Stars interviews, and, and that was quite interesting. And he's you know born in Athens, 18-year-old, uh, first-year pro. I, I, we were talking, Jack and I, about Clardy Lollis. I think it was before the Truro game, and at the back end of last season, he played in a Central League game against South End at uh, Home Park. He played as a lone, lone striker in that formation that Argyle did um, use under Derek Adams. And I thought he had a really good game that day. He looked the part. And then seeing him in the first two pre-season games, he's got the physical attributes. He's quite tall, uh, rangy. 
They even dropped him back into a sort of deeper number 10 role in the second half against Parkway, which was ironically from where he, from where he scored um, yeah. his goal. Uh, and he's, you know, he's, he's taken his chance in the two games against Truro and Parkway. Ryan Lowe said, if you go in the team and you get in the right positions and you score goals, you'll be on the team sheet. And so if you're looking at the Argyle strikers at the moment, and uh, you know, you've got Ryan Taylor, Callum Dyson, Luke Jeffcott, Alex Fletcher, Clardy Lollis, you know, Clardy Lollis is right up there with a chance of being in the team at the moment. Now, Ryan Lowe may well bring in a strike or two before the start of the season. Just before we recorded this podcast, there's um, talk about a loan move for Niall Ennis, who's a 20-year-old Wolf striker who's represented England at uh, 16, 17, 18, 19 age groups. But again, early days. But I mean, what do you, you quite like the look of Cardi Lollis, don't you, Jack? This is going to be controversial to say. I don't know. I always get names like Lollis sounds a bit more exciting than Smith, doesn't it? So when, when, <laughs> when, when it's true though, isn't it? You know, how how many There's are a lesson for we young, yeah. football, young football hopefuls? Change your name. <laughs> but you know, in the championship days, you got excited about the likes of Bazaki, and I know they come from foreign places, and I know who Lollis has been through the academy. But there's something about shouting Lollis when he scored a goal than Smith. It's a bit better, isn't it? Um, on a that, serious, that's on Jack a, talking as a fan rather than as a journalist. On a more serious note, he, he has impressed me. He's, he's quite nifty on the ball, isn't he? He, he jinks past a fair few players. He, he looks like he could cause some trouble. And at the moment, you'd think with the strikers they've got, he's definitely in contention. I, I, sadly, I just, I'm, not, I'm not convinced by Alex Fletcher. I think he might fall by the wayside personally. I think Dyson, God knows what will happen to him. He's, he's, he's gone, he's not, didn't feature under Adams, went to Stevens, didn't feature. and. I'm not sure that he's going to have a career at Argyle personally. I'd like to be proved wrong and I'd like to see him score a fair few goals, but I don't think it's going to happen. Well, well it's, it's, it's interesting because Ryan Lowe did say, and he's been very sort of open about it, if you score goals, you'll be in the team because strikers are judged on goals. Hmm. If you're not scoring goals, then you won't be involved. Yeah, and, and Lollis, has, Lollis has done that. At the end of the day, it, it's tough in these games. We've, we've spoken about it a lot, haven't how tough it is to make an impact. But now there's been two games and Fletcher's played them both as well and Lollis has made an impact and Fletcher hasn't. And that might be hard, harsh to judge Fletcher on these two games, but that might be all that Ryan Lowe is willing to give him because now he might be thinking, right, pre-season's ticking on, we need to start focusing a bit more on what might, who might be involved and who might not be. He spoke to you, didn't he, before the game, Stu, and said some yeah. of they've only got 45, some of them have got 45 minutes to make or break their careers. And it wouldn't surprise me if Fletcher was one of those. You know, it's, it's a tough business, but Lolos has got his, his self into Lowe's mind and that can only be a good thing come the start of the season. Yeah, it, it wasn't so much about their careers. I think it was more about where they are in terms of their yeah, development. Yeah. So he felt if they weren't ready to play a part for the first team this year, get them out on loan and then, you know, maybe reassess it either in January or, or next summer. Well, with, with McFadden coming in, uh, that's 25 players, I think, now on the books. Now, yeah. quite a lot of them are first and second year professionals. And you, you would imagine that the way things are shaping up, Ryan Lowe's going to want some of those to to go out on, and get loan moves. Um, Alex Fletcher might be one of them, uh, Jack. Uh, you know, Ryan Lowe's going to have to get to a point in time where he sort of thinks, well, this is my 18, 20, whatever, 22. And then if there's, you know, three or four youngsters that aren't going to figure in the first team squad that much, then you've got to get them out on getting playing games. You know, they can't be sitting around, you know, not. There's no South West Peninsula League games this season. So you, if you're not in the first team, your, your only real action is going to be Central League, Premier League Cup and there's no guarantee Argyle will get to the group stages of the Premier mm. League Cup you know so if you're not in the first team squad you might not get that much action so 
you know, loan a few players out. I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if that happens. Although I know Derek Adams tried to loan some of the young players out and it's not always easy because there's not that many non-league clubs of a decent level in the whole of the South West to, to loan them out to. And that's why, in a way, it was quite bad for Argyle that Truro went down a league because I know that, you know, Adams was very... linked with Paul Watton as well. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe some players will go there. Who, who yeah. knows? But Adams was very specific that with certain players, he didn't want them dropping down any further than the National League last yes. year. Yeah. And that's going to be tough for some of these youngsters. But Chris is right. How many players have we seen that have been sat on the bench? For, you know, Lewis Rooney, Tyler Harvey, sat on the bench for a lot of games, not playing much football. I don't think it benefited their career. It's better for Argyle and for the players if they can get out and play proper men's first team football. Yeah, I think it could tomorrow could be quite an interesting night because I think there's more to just playing Torquay. Um, you know, Gary Johnson's come out today and said that he wants more players at Torquay. So, you know, there's an obvious link there, isn't there, to get yeah. some yeah. players out on loan and, and experience down and play more. I mean, that's that's what you want. You want When there's so few clubs in the South West, you want to try and have some connections with yeah. people now. If uh, if Argyle could loan out some players to to Torquay, that would be that would be good for for Argyle for the Argyle players and and hopefully for Torquay as well, who are on their way back up. Thank goodness after those disastrous few years they had and dropped out of the EFL, it's good to see them back in the National League and and hopefully Gary Johnson can keep moving them in the right direction because I I am a believer that you know Argyle need as many teams in the southwest as possible doing well mm. playing at a high level so that they can have pre-season games, so they can loan people out, so there's connections between the two. So um be a good game tomorrow night because uh, Torquay must be on, still on a high after winning the National League yeah. South last season in such a, you know amazing style, wasn't it? You know, weren't they below mid-table halfway yeah. through the season and then made an incredible run? I would think their fans will, will want to turn out in force at Playmore. You know, we've already seen from the Green Army at Truro and Parkway that they're turning out in numbers. I would think it'd be a good crowd mm. and, and it'd be a very decent game for Argyle. This, you know, let's not forget Torquay are now only one division below Argyle. <laughs> yeah. I'm used and, to that now. Uh, you surprised yeah. me about that a few weeks ago. So, uh, you know, Torquay being at home to Argyle, Argyle are going to have to play well. And you would imagine that although Ryan Lowe might not pick necessarily his first choice starting eleven, you would think that it will be quite a strong starting eleven for Argyle. We might get one or two sort of Clues as to how they're going to line up against Crew on August the third. I'd almost be surprised if up front it wasn't Taylor and Ross, wouldn't you? If the new signing's not going to be ready, Tom yeah. Telfer's not going to be ready. Yeah. Uh, I can't see Jeff Cott Fletcher getting in. The interesting thing about Jeff Cott, I think, is he played a lot as a winger, didn't he? Under yes. Adams. Now that position sort of lost itself in this yes. new formation, yeah. and it's whether he can sort of reinvent himself. I know he has been a striker, but he's been sort of transformed into a winger almost. That position is now not available, and he's got to try and compete. And maybe he might be one of the ones that could benefit from going out on loan. The thing with Fletcher in Torquay is Fletcher's been there before. Yeah. He's played. He's been around for a few years now and not done much. It's a bit of a risk for Torquay. Whereas Jeff Cott played quite a few games last season. If it's between the two, you might you might offer Jeff Cott. So it'll be interesting to work out, won't it? It's a good sure. game, decent pitch. You know the the pitches at Truro and Parkway haven't been too bad, but they've been quite dry. Professional players like you know a bit of slickness in the grass. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when we went to play more last season, if memory serves me right, the pitch was good. Um, so hopefully good pitch, uh, good game, proper workout, first real sort of test of um, pre-season and then of course they're off to Spain the following day so it's uh, going to be a busy week for them. Absolutely and you know the Spain thing was interesting wasn't it because it was something that Ryan Lowe was really insistent on, obviously there was a pre-season trip to Holland that was initially planned but he came in and uh, cancelled that and arranged his trip to Spain. Yeah, something and a game with Wimbledon as well. Yeah, something he's done before. Um, again, 
changing the pre-season tour allows him to put his own mark and stamp on the club, which I think is is only right and proper. Yeah, and of you know of all the teams to play when you're out in the southern Spain AFC Wimbledon, you know. <laughs> so uh, I think it's an eleven o'clock kickoff. Uh, you might want to just double check that local time. Eleven o'clock kickoff local time um, out in uh, Alicante, um, or that's where Argyle are going to be based. Uh, so it'd be uh, be fascinating to see how that game turns out again. You're playing Torquay, that's a step up in level. Then you've got Wimbledon on Saturday. I don't imagine it'll, in the heat of uh, uh, Spain, it'll be like full full on, but you know, good opposition. You've got Bristol Rovers coming up, so there's some decent games you know, in the pipeline for Ryan Lowe to really make judgments on players. And you know, it, it looks as though there's going to be a few summer signings now, part of the squad. We're up to five now, bed them into the rest of the squad. Ryan Lowe and, and the, the backroom staff can get to know all the players. It's it's going to be an important few days, I think, preparing Argyle for Bristol Rovers and then, then the start of the league season. You'd think they're going to have to have a, a second keeper as well, wouldn't you? Because you think, if Cooper got injured, then you'd yeah, have no yeah, goalkeeper. Yeah. So something's no, going to have to happen you, on that front. You would think they'll take somebody to Spain. So they've not got homes. There's going to yes. have to be someone else in the, that's yeah. there somewhere to be to be brought in. Yeah. 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 Well, so it'll be, it'll be interesting. So, yeah, a big week and, um, yeah, lots happening. Yeah, yes, indeed. We'll, uh, we'll leave it at that for now. Um, we'll be back again with more of the same next week. Chris, Jack, thanks for joining me. Oh, pleasure. My pleasure. pleasure. I can't good. speak for you, Jack, but yeah. We'll no. go back and see if there's a new signing made now. Yeah. <laughs> a goalkeeper, maybe. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. We're always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.